with the womb being this portal of creation, we are able to access it as this gateway into every aspect of the self. Like imagine this massive golden gate and you open the gateway and now you're in the realm of the womb and it's this entire realm and you can think, okay, where do I want to go? Do I want to access the shadow self? Do I want to access my inner child? Do I want to access my ancestral karma? Do I want to access the wounding that I have around my sexuality and my pleasure? And so there's all these parts of yourself that you can access. And it's not just this dark realm of like shadows and inner child wounding. It's painting a, a daunting picture. But at the same time, it is the space of the most fertile creative life force energy. Even now, I find myself just like randomly crying, even talking about crying. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> I feel it too. I feel yeah. this <laughs> Yeah. And so sometimes, a lot of the time, I'll cry and I'll be like, why am I crying? And then I'm like, no, disconnect that logical thought. I don't need to know why. My body is wise. It's releasing these tears. It's carrying stress hormones. And it just like allows you to liberate yourself. It's just like a cleanse that your body moves yeah. through. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of like a rain. <laughs> Wash exactly. away all the pollen sometimes it's necessary. And I think that um, I'm definitely tearing up. I'm just seeing, <laughs> whenever I see somebody cry, I'm like, oh, there we go. <laughs> Hi love, this is the Soul Elixir podcast. It's where you'll find enlightening talks to support your ascension. Join me, Michelle, the owner of Elixir Apothecary, for a new episode on topics such as high vibrational living, quantum manifestation, ancient wisdom, spiritual gift activation, and living your sacred purpose. Now let's jump into today's episode. So really, I mean, I know that I've been going through a lot of emotional processing. I think um, I'm activating my Merkaba. I've gone like mm. in and out of waves and I'm doing that again, a whole other wave. I have been so emotional mm. <laughs> crying over. I mean, my husband's like, what is going on? What are you, <laughs> are you okay? And mm -hmm. something that I want to, it popped in my mind this morning in the shower, of course. Um, whenever I cry or emotionally release do some sort of embodiment exercise. It usually ends in tears as of recently, just processing. When my kids come in the room, they're three and five, they don't judge. Like, why are you crying? Like, stop crying. Like, you're embarrassing me. All these things that we were told as, as children. And I really want just to your opinion like where does this end especially for women is it the inner child or is it when are we told that these this crying this emotional processing processing pain all the things that that you teach when are we told to shut that down when do you think that is are you asking like when do i feel is the first experience that we are taught to shut down emotionally Commonly, yeah. Commonly, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely, I would say in childhood. Um, yeah. As you know, as a child myself, and I've witnessed this across the board with so many women that I've worked with, that as children, we are shamed for our emotions. You know, the not even the embarrassment, but 
the the experience that a child has when they're moving through a whole roller coaster of emotions throughout the entire day is so overwhelming. They don't have the cognitive ability to understand any of it. So they are just these like emotional roller coasters and it's exhausting. That's why they sleep 12 hours a day. It's exhausting. You don't know what's happening to you. Yeah. So when we don't have that support to help us kind of make sense of what's going on, then we are usually going to shut it down out of the discomfort that we feel, out of the shame that we feel from our parents. I know when I was little, I would have really intense temper tantrums, like violently angry. And I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. Even now, I can't recall why I was upset, but I was usually taught to stop crying and stop being emotional. And I was called sensitive even now to this point up until a few years ago, being called sensitive by my mom. And it would really, really um, affect me. And and I would get really insecure. And then there came a time where I was like, I'm creating a boundary. You're not calling me sensitive anymore. My sensitivity is what makes me an empowered healer. My sensitivity is my superpower. And for so long, we're taught that our sensitivity is something to be ashamed of. And, you know, the way that even men are taught to suppress all of their emotions, you know, boys don't cry, be a man and how it's portrayed in movies. And it's just so toxic. And, you know, no wonder men are so emotionally repressed because they don't have the space to express their emotions either. Yeah. So yeah. when, so I used to nanny for like eight years. And at the same time I was going through grad school and college and traveling, like nannying was like my core job and and not even being like it's okay stop crying no I would just hold them be like it's okay to cry and then they would tell themselves that when they were upset so it's yeah I really see it happening in childhood and as we grow up without having any support you know therapy is just now becoming a normalized thing yeah so yeah 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 what an absolute gift that was to have you in their lives to come along them inside and and because that is just the awareness, the consciousness, conscious parenting is just now, as you're saying, it's like one of the new things. <laughs> conscious parenting is one of those new things as well. And you meet a lot of judgment. You know, it's you let your boys cry. You let your boys see you cry. I've had people. You let them see you cry. Well, of course I do. <laughs> like It validates them. It makes them think they're not crazy and they have their valid and you know, um, trusting your intuition, whether it's in your own embodiment journey or parenting or (laughs) relationships, it's just so, so valuable. And I just, I I love what you say though, about the, the, uh, it's okay to cry because that Mm -hmm. is, I'm, my life path number is, is seven. So like showing emotions is just not (laughs) normal for me. And then I grew up in a super English household And it was like old English. And they were, if you bit your tongue and didn't let the tears come, you should be proud of yourself. That was the type of uh, raising that there was in, in in my childhood home. So that still comes up quite a bit. So working through that, giving myself permission to look in the mirror and let it just, just happen. And then shifting into that space of compassion and love and then letting my voice see that it's just it's ancestral healing I feel 
Oh, yes. I so love that you bring this up because we, so we are the byproduct of emotionally repressed generations, you know, like from Ukraine. And so my parents, they grew up under the Soviet Union. And when I started going to therapy, I purposely didn't tell them they are, I just side note, my parents are amazing people. They are so loving and this is just my personal experience of some of the challenges yeah. that I moved through. But mm-hmm. so when I started going to therapy, I purposely didn't tell them because we were never really family that talked about our emotions. And mm-hmm. my dad had found out that I was going to therapy and he goes, you know, if they find out that you're going to therapy, this is going on your permanent record. You won't be able to get a job. And I was like, dad, <laughs> we're in America. <laughs> yeah. This is not the Soviet Union. And at first I got defensive. And then I was like, wow, I have so much compassion for this man who lives in a reality where it is completely unsafe to express your emotions. Because that's what happened in the Soviet Union is they would label someone as crazy. Those people would go into a psych ward. They were the only ones that got therapy. Oh, wow. So it is an entire nation and yeah, nations, multiple nations that fall under this category. And, you know, also thinking about our parents being the children of parents who had parents who were suffering in world wars and, and famines. And like, they were surviving, like your emotions were the last thing that you were going to think about, you know? So they're very much about this, like survive, be strong. Whereas now, like when my partner and he's worked through a lot of his own emotional blocks to even be able to let a tear roll down his face when he cries, I'm like, you are the strongest man I know because you cry. And really redefining what it is to be strong emotionally and even now I find myself just like randomly crying even talking about crying I'm like tearing up (laughs) I feel it too I feel this (laughs) yeah and so sometimes a lot of the time I'll cry and I'll be like why am I crying and then I'm like no disconnect that logical thought I don't need to know why my body is wise it's releasing these tears it's carrying stress hormones and it just like allows you to liberate yourself it's just like a cleanse that your body moves through it's like I'm kind of like a rain (laughs) wash away all the pollen sometimes it's necessary and I think that um I'm definitely tearing up (laughs) whenever I see somebody cry I'm like oh there we go (laughs) done um yeah and and it's it's it really is a deconditioning and then that ancestral healing it's all kind of interwoven and and then you of course doing the womb work as well I also want to introduce you we dove in like (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay and I want to let everybody know who Sophia is um we're having this really good conversation we're going to dive back into it but Sophia is, we've had this pleasure of getting to know each other in a kind of a funny way about the great cosmic egg. We were talking about chickens <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then we started getting all etheric about the concept of chickens and eggs. And it was just a wonderful way to get to know each other. And we have been connecting since. And I said, well, why don't you come on the podcast and so we can go live. So you'll be seeing some videos as well, but I want to introduce who this wonderful soul is. Um, Sophia is a womb alchemy coach, priestess, and acupuncturist. She weaves wisdom from many traditions, creating a deep and comprehensive 
life-changing experience. And she works deeply with the divine feminine energies to support the sacred women rising. Sophia believes that we all have the ability to be the master creators of our reality. And she's proven that time and time again, just if you watch her videos, if you watch, you just are in her energy and watch her videos, listen to her voice. You can see that she's not just saying this, it's a deep embodiment and it's really beautiful to witness. And by reclaiming your womb and transforming your pain into power, you embody your true self and unleash your feminine creative powers. And Sophia wholeheartedly knows that underneath your pain and suffering is a radiant being who already is all you seek to become. And Sophia is also the creatrix of womb alchemy, which we will be talking about um, in this episode for sure, a business dedicated to helping women reclaim their womb as their sacred portal of creation by transforming their pain into power. Now, I love how you've written woman because it's not W-O-M, it's womb, like womb am. So I would love to just dive in. Well, we were talking about the great cosmic egg. That's how we got our relationship going, which is one of the best ways I've ever started a relationship, by the way. <laughs> yes. I couldn't think of anything better. Um, but when you really think about... Um, like the first steps, we were talking about emotional processing. How, where does the womb consciousness come into play? That really has intrigued me for years. I've been on this big womb consciousness journey for about two years and taking it seriously for about six months to eight months. Mm -hmm. And what triggered it was having an IUD infection pretty much. And uh, apparently it runs in my family, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Um, and, but I had an IUD and I broke out in a huge rash all over and I woke up, I asked source, what is causing this? And of course, task your subconscious mind, it always delivers. I woke up the next morning and it was clear as day. You need to free your womb. And at the time I'd pretty much forgotten. I had the IUD to be honest. I was just like this, it's just part of my life now. And at, at that moment, I'm like, okay, well, I'll make my appointment, got it removed. The rash went away in three months and there was no, sex was really painful. It was like all of the side effects that you see a lot of people complaining about. That was just my story, but the IUD didn't work for me. So how does this like emotional processing, healing internally and externally, how does that all come into play with this womb consciousness and womb alchemy that you teach. I'd love to yeah. hear a bit about that. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. Yeah. And I, again, just want to say I'm so excited to be here. And I love the the fact that you brought up the chickens. I know I totally remember now putting up a video of like these chickens. I have this weird fear of chickens. It's something about like the pecking in the head. <laughs> it just freaks me out. Yeah. But, Yes, they are these bears of eggs, as we all are. Wow, literally, I'm looking up at an art piece, and there's eggs right there in the ovaries. I love how like oh, yeah. weird. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. with your question, who I could talk about this for hours and hours, and to keep it concise and really direct, so that people can understand 
everything I'm about to say with saying that it doesn't matter if you have a physical womb or not. I've worked with women who have had hysterectomies and they question whether or not they're a woman. And even now there's so much gender fluidity, right? So when I talk about the womb, I'm really approaching it as this energetic space. Yes, there's so many aspects of the physical organs that come into play that we definitely work with in my program in Womb Alchemy. But to answer your question, with womb, with the womb being this portal of creation, we are able to access it as this gateway into every aspect of the self like imagine this massive golden gate and you open the gateway and now you're in the realm of the womb and it's this entire realm and you can think okay where do i want to go do i want to access the shadow self do i want to access my inner child do i want to access my ancestral karma do i want to access the wounding that i have around my sexuality and my pleasure and so there's all these parts of yourself that you can access. And it's not just this dark realm of like shadows and inner child wounding. It's painting a, a daunting picture. But at the same time, it is the space of the most fertile creative life force energy. So the way that I like to kind of explain the womb and there's going to be background noise. I live in the city and it's inevitable <laughs> for there to be like motorcycles and stuff so that's gonna be part of the ambiance you will probably hear our rooster outside the window hey that's perfect opposite but we both have noise so yeah (laughs) yeah all good no worries yeah (laughs) yeah so with the womb I like to kind of I love to speak in metaphors and the metaphor that I use for the womb is if we think of this massive flowing river right the water in the river represents our life force energy. And that river, it can extend out to so many other rivers and pour the water into those into those streams. And that is the rivers of energy that go throughout the rest of our body. So the womb is like this reservoir where all this life force energy, all this water is then streaming into and throughout the rest of the body. I'm an acupuncturist as well. So I, I think of the body in terms of the energetic meridians that we have. And when there is a dam in a river, it is either completely blocking the flow of water or just stifling it. So there's a trickle, right? Ultimately, there's a block and that water is not able to flow, which means that other parts of the rivers that are supposed to be receiving this water are now also not receiving that nourishment, right? Because it's blocked. So through womb alchemy, we're able to approach these blocks and the blocks, this dam is representing our emotional blocks, which means emotions that have been unprocessed, right? We can then approach our trauma and our wounding and they all create these blocks in our body and by layer by layer, gently beginning to remove them in a safe way. We don't want to shock the system. So it's done in a safe way over a course of 14 weeks. And through that time period, we're able to take away these emotional blocks, these energetic blocks. So it then liberates that energy to continue to flow, which the rest of the body receives, which means mind, body, spirit, all levels are receiving this this nourishment. So you're able to then really cultivate the life force energy that's within your womb. So it's like a total mind, body, spirit, regeneration and healing. That's beautiful. I'm like got goosebumps as you talk about it. It's just, I, I love, I love how, 
you say that it's a safe journey as well because a lot of us have conditioning around it's not safe to process all of this it's not safe and not even to mention past lives we may have had where it straight up wasn't safe and then the ancestral Mm -hmm. um karma as well so um i want to talk about the unprocessed blocks because i've been talking to a lot of people they don't know how to even connect to their wombs like what are the first steps (laughs) I'm like well I have somebody that I'm talking to so let me say that but with the unprocessed emotions what would be the first steps and then we'll talk about how to get like connected to the womb again in the first place like the very first steps um because I know you you're teaching people how to to do this on a very integrated level but my audience I've been talking to them and it's just what does it even mean? They know the benefits, but what is it, what would that look like to begin the process? I love that question. And I think that before we can even consider what steps do we want to take, we are such an action-oriented society and we want to bring more focus into the intuition and intellect aspect of actually understanding like what the hell is happening, <laughs> right? Like what yeah. what actually is an emotional block, right? So I'm going to use a metaphor here. It really just helps drive things home. And with trauma, right? Trauma is ultimately unprocessed emotions. Mm -hmm. Let's think of a room, an empty room. And in that room is you and this massive elephant that's taking up all the space in the room. Mm -hmm. So this elephant is a representation of trauma. The room is a metaphor for your body. So trauma is something that comes into your body and takes up so much space that you're pushed into the corner. Your true self has nowhere to go. It has no space to take up. So with emotional processing, we are creating space for that elephant to leave the room bit by bit, step by step, so that you have more space to take up. That's why people feel so like disassociated from their body and they just feel so depressed. Like it's actually a heavy experience to be in their body because of how much unprocessed emotion, how much trauma has lodged itself in the body. So I really like to break down emotions into um, vibrations. So the word emotion, right? The E stands for energy. And the second part is motion. So energy or emotions rather are energy in motion. And if you're a child, that just runs through you and then it's done, right? A kid can cry for two minutes and then he's good and he's playing again. It's because that energy was in motion through him. However, when we don't let that energy be in motion, when we suppress the emotion, that is when the frequency gets stuck. The vibration gets lodged into the density of our body. It's like it gets, it's like a sticky tab that just lodges to your tissues, your organs, your fascia, wherever you have weak spots in your body, in your unique body, everyone's body is different right? Then that density gets stuck there. That's literally what cancer is. It's this continuous, you know, um, replication of density. And it's because that density has been suppressed for so long that it literally has nowhere else to go, but everywhere. 
So that's going to manifest in people. Emotional blocks are going to manifest in people through like back pain, chronic migraines, uh, really intense PMS, like so many different symptoms are ultimately emotions that have been unprocessed that have now begun to get stuck in the body and are being expressed in the body's like, Hey, I have chronic back pain. There's something you need to see here. Like it's sending messages for your awareness. So the first step is really just comprehending like what is happening to your body and why it's so important to move those emotions through your body. Yeah, I think that I love that you mentioned it about it being an accumulation of especially cancer too. I feel like we're really not going to have a breakthrough in in medicine or science until we start understanding the frequency realm and um, bringing that into it. And then frequency healing, of course, is very interesting and cool. But I really love um, emotion. <laughs> I've never had anybody explained that before. It's meant to move through. And I think that's why um, one of my past episodes was all about radical responsibility for whether it's shadow work or whatever it was. And I was talking about how women like divine feminine guides used to really trigger me because I had a lot of issues to work through around, you know, why is she showing her body like that online? Why, you know, all these things. And so when those thoughts came up, I just, I decided to witness and then work through them. And ever since doing that, my PMS diminished, (laughs) I started to own my voice more and all of these more physical um, manifestations. But what was interesting was I'm able to, if this is even a, a, a side effect almost, I'm able to witness my own emotional processing and almost, I'm, I'm very clairvoyant. So I'm almost able to see it, work through the different whether it's my arm or my stomach, mostly my stomach, where I know a lot of people, emotional processing, but I'm just able to see it, witness it, let it flow through. And the emotion itself clears the blockages sometimes. Mm -hmm. And those visualizations, it's opened up. That's not even necessarily a, you know, here's what I manifested from doing shadow work. It's not even a, a physical thing. It's just, I'm able to see this different, sometimes colors moving through my body to work through my left ovary was this last big release I had. I think it was February of some sexual trauma and just working through all of that of seeing this orange light, you know, um, and then was pulled through, I think it was uh, a new moon last month, but it's just so interesting how I'm able to see this, um, this energy now. So when you start to activate this stuff, I know weird things can happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I know you work a lot with Yoni eggs and all of that energy. And I am like, so loving that I'm still wanting to get my own Yoni egg and start my process with that. But it's, um, what, what have been some weird things that you have experienced as of byproducts? Cause I've experienced some, some strange things. And usually that scares people away from, processing emotions like when we're awakening anxiety is the first thing to come up you know my entire structure of life is about to fall apart (laughs) and I don't know if I can lose family lose 
these structures that I built for myself, it's kind of a similar process with emotional processing. So how would you guide someone through that? Just a piece of advice of with those beginning feelings of releasing this emotional blockage. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. A lot of different symptoms can come up and there's, there's a specific term for this and I don't recall it right now. (laughs) We learned about it in acupuncture school, so I don't want to misinform, but ultimately what it is, it's called a healing crisis. And that sounds so dramatic, which is why I don't like to use that term. And I like to use the, the correct one, but what a healing crisis is, is when you start tending to a part of yourself that needs to be healed, I guess. Yeah. That needs to be tended to. It's calling out for your attention, right? So when this part of you begins to get tended to be it through acupuncture, energy work, meditation, yoga, whatever, then the symptoms of that problem can flare up. And what's happening is they're flaring up in order to be cleared, right? Because if we think of the human body in layers of density from the deepest core of our body, which is the most dense, aka our bones, right? They're the densest part of our body going outward. Then the further out you get from our body is like, you know, our very airy energy bodies, which is less dense. And density is really just the collection of atoms, depending on how close they are or how far they're vibrating from one another. So when we are clearing something that has been very dense in our body and has been causing dis-ease, disharmony, it starts to move outward from the denser part of our body to the more external part of our body. That's why it becomes the forefront of our experience and feels so like all-encompassing. And this is where we have to remember that we are not our emotions, we're the experiencers of our emotions. I've worked with people who are depressed and they're like, you know, I am depressed. And in this statement, I am depressed. I don't even like saying it. It doesn't feel good in my body. I'm like, body, we're not. I'm giving an example. (laughs) Um, So in that experience, they are so taking on depression as a persona. They're telling their body and their consciousness, I am this. So that's what brings on a deeper sense of lethargy. And same thing with anxiety. I am anxious. Now all the senses are getting flooded into the experiencer of anxiety, but it gets harder to move out of being anxious because of the attachment to being that emotion. So helping people realize like you are not this, you're the experiencer of it. Therefore, you have the power to let it move up and out of your body. So sometimes like, you know, based on your question, I know I'm diverting. <laughs> the feminine flow will take me where it wants to. <laughs> Wonderful. It's, it's lighting me up. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, um, whew, I mean, I've been on this journey for like 10 years now and there have been a whole series of experiences that I've had. And one of the most honest and one of the most intense that I have experienced in the past was like suicidal thoughts just being like I it is too fucking much to be a human I don't want to be a human and I just wanted to be my etheric body and didn't want the challenges that this human experience was giving us and so that was pretty intense for a bit and I would go kind of like in and out with it but really once I started to understand emotional processing 
and how you can use emotional processing for mindset transformation, literally changing the shape of your brain, therefore changing your thought patterns. That was the golden key to my emotional and mental resilience. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I think um, I've had similar experiences. It was postpartum for me with the, the suicidal uh, that was just sparked, but I feel like it would have happened anyways, with just who I was, you know, that was just the reason, quote unquote. Um, but I do understand fully. And then when I started my spiritual journey, I was not grounded at all. I was like, oh, I can astral travel. <laughs> like I'm gone and I was gone. And my body started attacking itself pretty much because I wasn't grounded what, what, what earthly good are we if we're, you know, you know, throat chakra up. <laughs> so I've, I've really been and continued to work with the sacral chakra, the root chakra and earth star and beyond just really grounding in. And, but I find um, that the, this emotional processing for mindset work, that's really intriguing. It's changing the shape of your brain. I'm sure it has to do with neural pathways and all of that, but I'd love for, to hear a little bit more about that. That's when you hear things, they're like, <laughs> I need to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, when I found this, I was like, this is it. This is the golden ticket to empowerment. <laughs> Everything is in this. And I found a practice. Uh, it's so I can't recall a name right now or maybe I can and I'm just telling myself I can't um no it's not it's not coming forward anyway she is this oh yes Kristen Neff Kristen Neff I'm giving you credit because you're amazing for creating this see she's a psychologist and she created this practice of mindful self-compassion so in mindful self-compassion, she leads you through a five-step process, which I'm happy to share. And this five-step process is bringing in awareness to what you are currently experiencing, and it's helping you move through that challenging emotion. And I don't call emotions negative because when we call an emotion negative, we're adding shame to the emotion. Shame is the lowest vibrational emotion we can feel. It's at like 32 hertz or something like that, like science-based, you know, and not like that's low vibes, but like scientifically yeah. it's the lowest vibrational emotion you can feel so yeah. adding shame to an emotion by calling it negative is like trying to digest concrete like it's not going to happen it's just going to get lodged yeah. so this five-step process of mindful self-compassion is for processing your emotions and simultaneously changing your brain based on creating new neurological connections and making them the predominant pathway that gets fired rather than the old programming that's an association with negative self-talk. In my experience, it was suicidal thoughts, you know, all of these self-sabotaging, self-limiting thought patterns that get fired and triggered in our brain. So what this, do you want me to share the practice? I would love to, because compassion has been coming up like crazy recently, like the loving awareness and just observe. Mm. Um, I have a lot of Capricorns in my life and I think they're teaching me just be the conscious observer. They're not out there in your face, you know, telling you what to do. They're just kind of priestess energy. They're just, Mm. I'm just going to observe. I'm going to see what everybody's opinion is. I'm not going to blast mine out there. I'm just going to, and I feel that has sparked this 
it leads to compassion, the observance. So I'd love if you want to share those steps. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty simple. I teach it to all my clients and I also make them copy it into their phone, the five steps so that they always have it on them because it's through the repetition of it that it gets easier and easier and becomes more habitual. So you're unprogramming the old system and reprogram, just like how a computer gets rebooted, new system gets in place. It's working faster. It's working better. So step one of this practice is to first pause. So I'm going to give an example here to follow through with the steps so that it makes sense in application of it. So step one is pause, right? Say I'm washing the dishes like feverishly. I'm like really anxious and I'm just trying to distract myself. So it's pause everything that you're doing and just notice that something has changed. There was a moment of change where I wasn't anxious and then I became anxious. So in that moment, you just pause and you say out loud how you're feeling. I'm feeling anxious. And you can say 10 things. I'm feeling anxious and scared and worried. Whatever you're feeling, you just bring it all to the surface because when we acknowledge it, it becomes so much less intimidating because the more we try and push it away, the more we're resisting it and the more it's going to grow. So when we bring it up to the surface and we just pause and say, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Step two is just breathe. So this is where you just take a deep breath in and, and you can do however long breathing you want, or you can do the four, seven, eight breath, which is inhaling for four, holding for seven, exhaling for eight, which is a really common breath that people do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about it for a while though. I don't know where I was, but I found out about it a couple months ago. <laughs> and right. it, some people call it the box breath, but I just, it, it really brings back that awareness for me. So that's really powerful. Yes, yes, it really is powerful. And what it's doing is when the exhale is longer than the inhale, then you're releasing more than you are taking in. So you're it's helping your nervous system begin to release this frequency, which is the emotion. So step three would then be mindful self-compassion, the application of self-compassion. So that's where I put my hands on my heart and I just close my eyes and I become my own best friend because when we're emotionally triggered, we turn on ourselves and we, you know, our, our self-talk just eats away at us and it doesn't help us. So this is where we become our own best friend and statements that we say out loud to ourselves are may I have compassion for myself in this moment? And then you breathe that in and you really want to feel the words that you're saying. May I accept this moment exactly as it is, which can be hard, especially if you're moving through something really challenging and you're like, I don't want to accept this, but you then are actually able to accept it. And it's only when you accept it that you can mold it, right? It has to be in your hands to shape it. Otherwise it's just going to remain the same. So step four, oh, what were you saying? That's one of the hardest things is, is not trying to change it in that moment and somehow fix ourselves. We're taught, and I think this is the trouble with being in that paradigm of the, not the coaching industry, but just all of these, you know, selling us things all the time, <laughs> fix yourself in some way. And whatever it is, whether it's not enough money or 
even, even healers do it of, you know, you're somehow broken and you need healing. You know, the best healers out there are the ones like you who just bring you home to what's there already and help you move the things that are blocking it. <laughs> yes, totally. And that's something, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. And that's something I really stress anytime I'm working with someone and they're trying to change who they are. I'm like, we are not changing you. We are making you more of your real self. And pulling away at all the other bullshit that's held you back from being your real self. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just so I can complete the steps and make yeah. sure people are like, what's step four? <laughs> out, I'm sure. So. <laughs> so step four is then the experiencing of the emotion. So I say, all right, anxiety, how do you want to move through my body right now? So that can look like shaking, which is what every animal on the planet does when they're stressed is how you really stress from the nervous system. It's really good to do, or maybe stomping or having an adult tantrum, which is one of my favorite things where you lay on your back and you throw your legs in the air and you shake your legs really hard and you scream into a pillow and it just like lets it all move through your body. Yeah. So you're just in eliciting energetic movement in your body. That might be journaling. That might be, you know, it can look like so many different things, but ultimately you want to let it move through your body. So even less in your head, less, let me try and make sense of this and more, let me let it move through my body. Yeah. And then the, the last step, step five is then empowered action. What empowered action can you take from this moment so that you can then build your emotional resilience? So that might look like okay, you know, I realize this anxiety has been chronic. I think I want to set up a session with my therapist or my coach to kind of just help me gauge what's going on yeah. or maybe calling a friend or, you know, that could look like journaling and just getting all your thoughts down. Like there's so many different empowered actions, even working out, you know, that's going to help the body kind of reset itself. So those are the five steps. Um, the people can probably look up mindful self-compassion and find that. And there's so many versions and variations of it, but this is one of the number one things that I teach and apply it to all the magical tools and rituals that I give everyone because it's so, so, so important. Yes. That <clears throat> I, I really love the, the fourth step <laughs> because I feel like we go, well, as a society, witnessing it isn't even taught in the first place. And so witnessing it is so important, but then the, the actual releasing, because I used to go straight from kind of observing, I'm feeling a little weird, let me go journal and then get stuck somewhere and then whatever, I'm sure it'll go away. Like that used to be my processing. <laughs> and, um, but now, and I love that that is that system because it kind of makes a more concrete sacred structure around it rather than just, I think these are the steps, but I, ever since I I've been doing shamanic shaking <laughs> recently <laughs> and my kids love it. I mean, they're, they, they're just like, let's, yeah, like, let's do this. And um, we go outside, I'm connecting to this tree outside in our backyard. I've been going out there every day and connecting to it, but we go out there, we'll just, and they, they like, kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning, they, they don't judge. They don't ask you, why are you doing this? It's 
natural. And like you said, they move it through their body. They're crying one second because they know how to hold space for that instead of letting it well up and then immediately capping it and feeling proud almost that they've capped it. Like, where did we learn to do that? Definitely inner child. And I just, I think that fourth step is so vital because we normally go from kind of witnessing it to journal it out, maybe pull some cards, maybe not, and just done. And I think that that fourth step is, is so powerful than following it up with some action. So I would really like to hear a little bit more about womb alchemy. And I know you obviously, <laughs> we've been talking for nearly 50 minutes, but um, just how, the process you take people through just a brief synopsis and how we can get involved with that as well. Cause it sounds amazing. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sirens. So I was having my microphone on mute. <laughs> I live on a crazy street. But your question of the process of womb alchemy and um, how it can support people, in essence, is what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I know we've talked about it a little bit, you know, through the conversation, but I just love to hear about how you would present mm -hmm. it what you teach and everything is so intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. So right now in my program, we have a 14 week program and it is moving through so many different layers of the self and it's broken down into phases six phases where you're reclaiming different parts of yourself. We start with reclaiming the womb. Then we reclaim the truth, reclaim the body, reclaim your yoni, which is the Sanskrit word for vagina, which directly translates to holy temple for anyone who doesn't know. And then we have reclaim your pleasure and reclaim your power. So with every phase, we're moving through energy healing ceremonies as a sisterhood with all the women in the program. And this is facilitated all online. And we have one-on-one -on -one coaching calls as well. And on top of that, I'm giving women tools every single week on through an online learning platform where it's full of meditations and rituals and practices, PDFs, videos. And it is all geared to give women the tools that they need to heal themselves. I really stress, like, I'm not healing you. I'm holding a container for you to learn how to heal yourself. Yeah. So through moving through all these layers, you know, the first couple of weeks, first really half of the program, we're moving through some really dense layers of the self. We're moving through the shadow self and learning how to work with that to alchemize it into an opportunity for growth, right? That's really where the word alchemy comes in is we're taking these wounded parts of ourselves, these parts that can be really intimidating to look at on your own, especially because it's like, great, I did a shadow self meditation. Now I feel like shit, what do I do from here? It's like, we need to learn how to integrate it, which is why it's good to do it in an elongated process so that you have the steps and you have the support and you can go more into surrender. So as we're moving through these denser layers of the self that are wounded and need our attention and love, then we're really refining our energy in the process. And that's when in the later weeks, we get into all the really juicy practices of like learning how to create a ceremonial masturbation uh, ritual so that you can channel your female orgasm to manifest what you want. So amazing. yeah, it's really, there's so many amazing practices yeah. that I teach these women and that they get to practice on their own as well. 
And the, the purpose behind everything being spread out the way that it is, is that we really want to spend time refining the energy, clearing it out of all the blocks so that when it comes to manifesting, creating the dream reality, all those things, you are creating from a space of refined energy rather than from your subconscious projections that are you know, in association with wounding and all of that. So, and that's not to say you're going to be healed of all your wounding in seven weeks, and then you're going to be the master creatrix. It's a process. You know, it's the human experience is a continuous process of healing these woundings, but it gives them a deeper embodiment of their true self. So they can actually realize like, what do I really want? Not what do I think I should want, but who am I and what do I want? And learning how to cultivate that. So my mantra is heal your womb, heal your life. It is a complete life reset. Having tended to my womb for years and years and years, I get to look at all avenues of my life and I get to realize like, wow, like I have really cultivated my dream life and continue to in regards to my partnership, my relationship with myself, my body with food, which was a big wounding when I was recovering from bulimia and my relationship with my business and how I make money, like all of these are extensions of my womb state. And so it's really like a total life reset that these women get to experience. That, that hits me on such a deep level. I just, I love it. And I like that you're talking about um, how it's really impacted different parts of your life. Cause I'm sure a lot of people they'll come to you for different reasons and whether it's <clears throat> like sexual trauma or whether it's just, I don't want to say a simple sacral block, sacral chakra block, but you know what I mean? Like it has ranges and different areas of life. And I think it's such an underestimated, I mean, of course, it's a very stigmatized topic as well, but also it's an underestimated, underestimated as well. And I think that I just, I love the work that you do. It's so powerful. How long have you been doing it, by the way? You said years and years. I'm like, how long have you been doing this? Oh man, I have been doing this for like five years now. And I mean, my journey has looked like so many different things. Womb work has been probably around five years and energy work as a whole has been 10 years. And yeah, my journey has been, you know, things like getting my kinesiology degree at college, but really learning to understand the physical body and then traveling around the world and going to Egypt, visiting sacred sites like Machu Picchu, the pyramids and Stonehenge and getting to um, study with like plant medicine shamans and getting to go to priestess ceremonies around the world and anchor light into the planet and like you know, having all of these experiences and then going to acupuncture school as well, where I'm just consistently seeking new opportunities to learn and to experience the earth frequency and how to heal the planet, because all of those experiences bring us to the truth that we are a microcosm of the planet. And when we heal our womb, we're healing the womb of the earth. The womb of the earth is the femininity of the planet. It's the creation and society's severance from the divine feminine and from the womb is directly reflected in humanity's relationship with 
nature and how much we take advantage of her and trash her and all of that. You know, the state of our planet is horrific, environmentally speaking and other ways but you know that's what we're doing is we're healing ourselves on an individual level to then create this ripple effect to heal all the wombs of all the women of all beings not just women and essentially the womb of our earth i love that you say that i was just reading that book um i have the sister book here magdalene mysteries i'm not sure have you heard of this Oh no, I haven't heard of that one. That looks amazing. I'm doing a, uh, a presentation for something called the Empress Festival. It's like a virtual people come for six hours and they just sign up for the topics that they want to hear about. And I'm talking about Mary Magdalene and how to use your intuition and call on that lineage. But they have a sister book called Womb Awakening that I, of course, had to buy both because I can never have one when it's a set. So and it talks about the relationship, the the Sophia, which is funny being your name. Oh, and your name is so encoded. I just love it. Thank it talks you. About Sophia, the great mother, the earth mother, and it goes through the different ways that the womb is represented in the microcosm, macrocosm, and everything in between, really. And that that's fascinating. I just, I think, it, and it really is a reflection of where we're at with ourselves. And are we going to let ourselves be suppressed anymore? It's like self-suppressed. Or are we going to work through these things? And that's what you're facilitating with womb alchemy and your work. So I just, I just want to thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for being here, sharing your wisdom here. This has just added so much value to this podcast. And Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Anything, final words to leave everyone with? Hmm. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be on here. I I love this and I could talk for hours with you about all of this. And (laughs) I think that a message I would love to leave off on is to invite people, not just women, all beings, not to feel like you have to fit into some expression of spirituality. I think that that can be kind of a trap we fall into in the spiritual world, that we have to look a certain way and talk a certain way and be a certain way in order to be spiritual. And in the process, people lose themselves. And that's happened to me, you know, and the spiritual hierarchy gets created and and it gets messy and you lose yourself a little bit. So, I recommend for everyone to just accept themselves as they are and to emphasize on everything that they already are, not to compare themselves to, you know, this Shanti woman here and this Shanti woman there, (laughs) just being your raw true self and whatever that looks like. And that is how you tap into your divinity. And that goes back to that explanation of the elephant in, in the room of making that space for your true self to thrive and dance in that room rather than being stuck in the corner (laughs) yes exactly that's I love I'm a very visual person so that really helped me um put that together but that's that's the power of that emotional releasing and also not prescribing meaning to what you're going through and witnessing and accepting and thank you for sharing those five steps as well that was oh my gosh brought so much structure to like the process rather than just 
trying things <laughs> off the handle. So that's wonderful. I, I, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have an amazing day. Thank you again for this opportunity. Lots of love. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Join me on Instagram. My handle is at elixir.apothecary. And hop on over to www.elixirapothecary.com for all your self-care and ritual needs and to sign up for sacred classes to support your ascension. Please consider leaving a five-star review if you enjoyed today's episode. And again, thank you so much for listening. See you next time.